welcome to episode 5 of Granite Town Media's Inside Milford, a podcast highlighting the people who make the local government in Milford work. My name is Tim Finan, and my guest today is Marty Noel, Milford's tax assessor. Welcome, Marty. Hey, Tim. You know, it's funny, I was driving over here and I was thinking to myself, tax assessor, that must not be a very popular job title at a cocktail party. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're quite right. People do tend to kind of clam up a little bit. I don't get invited into homes very often. But uh, Although it's probably not as bad as tax collector. All due respect to Kathy Doherty, but that's a tough one. Okay, as, as we spoke about earlier, Marty, what I wanted to do here today was really twofold. I want to talk about the position and what the assessor is and why we do assessments and all that stuff. Get that kind of out of the way as a baseline, and, and then we can talk about the most recent revaluation and why we did it and sure. the impacts of that sort of stuff. So what is why do we assess properties? Why do we even do this? So, of course, as you know, Tim, the town needs to raise revenue to meet the budget, and the property tax is the largest way that we raise revenue. So I guess the idea then is we're going to value all the properties in town as a means to divvy up the burden. Exactly so. So the town needs needs to raise a certain amount of money, and that amount of money never changes, right? So that, that, well, it it changes year to year, but in general, that doesn't change, the amount of money they need to raise. What may change is how that is distributed across the people based upon people's raising and lowering of their values. Correct. That's kind of of a high-level thing. So when somebody purchases a house or has a house built or whatever, the value for that property is going to be set, and that's going to be their portion of the tax rate, essentially, their portion of the tax burden. What happens when that changes? I mean, what, uh, like, like if I buy a house in 2000 and it's worth $150,000, and then it changes, you know, so, how, how do we find that out? So statute requires that we assess property ad valorem is the term they use, which means according to value. Mm-hmm. And um, they do require RSA 758A, for those who need to know, uh, requires us that we revalue properties at least once every five years. And, um, and we do review that every year in between. So when we do a revaluation, we take a look at the sales that have occurred, and we readjust property values based on what the sales are telling us. And we develop valuation tables, which breaks down essentially into a cost per square foot on a property. So so that gives us a valuation. So, so we revaluate. So the answer to my question, what I was trying to get at, was that as the property values change over the course of the time, we, we, we re-evaluate those properties every five years. And that's by law. We have to do that by that's law correct. every five years. So what, what happens, let me give you an example. What happens if I buy a house for $200,000 and it's assessed at $200,000, then Two years later, someone buys the house next to me, an identical house, but he buys it for $250,000. Are we going to get taxed? And he's going to get taxed at two hundred fifty, dollars and I'm taxed at two hundred. dollars No. So basically, when I was talking about the valuation tables, that's what we set each cycle, each okay. revaluation cycle. So we will be using the same basis, the same tables for each property. Okay. So that's the equalization ratio. Is that what we're So the equalization about? ratio is basically going to show us where our assessments are against sales. And we do look at that each year. So each year the equalization ratio will change because the sales change. So if sales are going up, we're going to see our equalization ratio go down because our assessments are going to start being lower than the market. If 
as happened in 2011 through, well, 2008 through 2011, when we saw values go down, then our assessments ratio, the equalization ratio, was higher because our assessments didn't change each year. They changed once every five years. Okay, so th- so in my example, so I buy a house for, I'm trying to think of good numbers so I can get the math right. So if I bought a house for $250,000 and then um, a, two years later my neighbor buys the same house for $300,000, the value of that of his property went up compared to mine 20%. But the equal in that case, the, let's just talk about my house in that case. So my house went from $200,000 in one year to being worth $250,000. What did I say? $250,000, <laughs> It went up 20%. So the, that means that my house, was being, my house is being taxed at a rate that's 20% below market value. So the equalization rate would be 80%, I guess, in that. Right. That, right? So then when my neighbor buys his house, for the um, for the three hundred thousand dollars, he's going to get taxed at eighty percent of that, so we're taxed at the same. So that you'd be equalized, yes. That's what I was trying to drive at. So okay, that, <laughs> that, that, that's right. So we don't assess to the sale price. Basically, we use our tables based on the sale price of the year that we do the revaluation. And then when someone purchases a home, you apply the equalization ratio to that purchase price to get We use the same value. tables, right? Then we'll fix everything when we do the next revaluation. That's what happens. Okay, that that So how do the revals work? Do you physically go out or does somebody physically go to every property? Most often what we do is a statistical revaluation because we're just using the sales during the 5-year cycle. I, and and in many municipalities, the assessor or a representative from an assessing department will go out and view properties, particularly the sales and the new constructions, to make sure that our sales data is good. We try to do a cyclical review as well, where we go out and visit properties that we haven't been to for quite some time. It's a good process because we're making sure that there aren't a lot of changes. We also encourage people to let us know if there are changes to their home, if they've removed a pool or removed a deck or something like that. Maybe. So, so you go out, you visit properties, uh, I didn't know this, you, even outside of the reval cycle? All through the five-year reval cycle. All through cycle. the five, you'll go yeah. and visit them. Oh, okay, just kind of like a spot we, check? Yep, yeah, which is basically called cyclical review, and we do try to do that. The difficulty we run into, of course, is that People aren't home a lot during the day, so it is hard to get into properties. Mm-hmm. We do encourage people to call. I'll do a phone interview with people about the interior of their home. And if they don't want you to come in, can they say no? They absolutely can. Are you? Can they? Can they not allow you on the property? Uh, they can. So before it may I, not make sense. I understand that because it's in their best interest, but. Well, so before I go out to visit properties, I do send notices out to let people know that, I, that I'll be coming to their home. And I, I do ask them that if they have concern about that to give me a call and let me know. Okay. So if you go out in these, the cyc- cyclical review, what you were speaking of, and you, and you st- say you find that I put an addition on my house, I'm not going to get revalved then, right? M- maybe you'll, you'll change the valuation of my house based on the addition 
and then apply the equalization ratio or something like that? Correct. So, okay. so if there are physical changes to a property, um, and we often see that in sales if we haven't seen it through permits to begin with, then um, yes, those changes will get added to your property record card so that it reflects your property as it is. Okay, but the equalization ratio is always used because I was just thinking, because I didn't realize you did this until we're talking here, I was just wondering if people are at a disadvantage to make uh, capital improvements to their homes in the middle of a reveal cycle because if they come out and all of a sudden, you know, the, let's say the equalization ratio is 80% and they put on an addition, their value might go up significantly more. You, you know what I'm saying? I may not be explaining that right. Um, so physical changes to a property will affect their value. And if it's an improvement, it will likely increase the value of the property. If it's a change where there's um, a removal of something, then it will decrease the value of the property. Okay. Not every improvement increases the value of a home because we do anticipate that there will be ongoing maintenance to a home people put on new roofs they change windows they may update the interior kitchens and baths and flooring and things like that those will have a minor impact compared to their costs mm -hmm. um, and some will have no impact at all okay that makes sense all right so let's see so we've talked we know why we value properties and we know why we reevaluate the properties so as you said in the beginning the reason the bottom line for this is to set the tax rate i know you don't set the tax rate but that's the reason we do the valuation so i came up with an example i, th I think it's close i'm going to okay. go through the example and you can tell me if i'm way off base i don't think i am um, I've made up some of these. Are, I think the numbers are close, but I made these up, so I don't want anyone to think that these are actual rates or anything like this. Do I need to get my calculator, Tim? No, it's simple <laughs> math. That's why I made the numbers up, so it's simple math, but I, I think it's close. I, okay, so, so what I've got here is, so let's say that the town has a value, a total valuation of $1.4 I got that number because I think that's close to last year. Last year was 1.38, so you're right. Pretty good. Yes. Wow. Okay, so if the total valuation, and, and so the listeners know the total valuation, what that is, is the literally adding up of everyone's value. You Correct. know, my house is worth 200000 my neighbor's 300000 You add them all up. You add up $5 million for Shaw's or whatever, and that's the total valuation. So if the total valuation was $1.4 and we needed to raise $42 million, I made that number up, but I th again, I think it's close. Between the school and the town, it's going to be around $42 million, I believe. So in using that example, we want to spread the tax burden of that $42 million across the $1.4 billion valuation. So if you divide $42 million by $1.4 billion, you come out with $30 per thousand, which is about what the tax rate was last year. That's why I said I believe those numbers are at least in the ballpark. It's, it's simplistic. I know there's other components, like there's a county tax and there's a state tax. But if we ignore that and just pretend that we have to raise all the money, that would come so that simple math dividing the taxes needed to be raised by the total valuation gives you the tax rate so in that case i came up with a tax rate of thirty dollars per thousand so on a two hundred thousand dollar house two hundred times thirty is six thousand dollars so a six thousand dollar tax bill so that simple math the math is right simple the, math the, and the, that's the right. numbers aren't necessarily right but the math was right so let's arbitrarily then say you go out and you're going to revalve the whole everybody and everybody goes up by twenty percent and that's unrealistic, but let's say that everything's equal and everybody's value went up by 20%. If we redo the math then, now the total valuation is $1.68 billion. 
that's that's 20% increase, but the town still on, only needs to raise 42 million. That didn't change. So now if I do the same math and I say one the 42 million that needs to be raised divided by 1.68 billion, now we come up with $25 per thousand. So the tax rate essentially came down because of that valuation. That's correct. And if I then do the the same uh, calculation on that $200,000 house, which is now worth 240,000 because it went up 20%, 240,000 240, times the $25 per thousand tax rate comes out with the exact same $6,000. Right? There you go. So I did that just for the, set the basis that the, the revals in and of themselves don't do anything to your tax bill. Right. If everything else is equal, we know they're not. But if everything else is equal, they don't happen. I, I often think of this like a stock split if people play the stock market. If you own 100 shares of some stock at $50 a share, you're worth $5,000. Then if all of a sudden the company says, hey, we're going to do a stock split, now you're going to get, you're going to have 200 shares instead, but the stock price goes down to $25 a share. 200 times 25 is still worth 5000 so your value does not change. An even more simplistic um, example that I use is a seesaw, where the budget is simply the balance beam, and tax rate is on one side, values are on the other side. So yeah. as one goes up, the other goes down. So. That's a good. So, I mean, and the reason I did this, because as, as you know, with the last reval, a lot of people were concerned that, oh, my goodness, my, my valuation just went up 20%. You know, this is awful. It's like, well, not necessarily. It's an initial gut reaction. Yeah. Yes, I get that. Okay. So, but as I said, all things equal, things are not necessarily equal. So can we talk now about the last reval and why was the last reval needed? Because we weren't in the five-year cycle you are talking about. We that, weren't. That's due next year or two years? In 2021. 2021, so it's due in two years. Yes. So so why did you feel we needed this reval? Okay. We review sales every year. And as we review the sales, we look at where the sales are going versus our assessments. When we find that there's a large divergence between segments of the market, then we really need to bring things back in line so so that no one segment is paying more of a burden than the other segment. The idea is equality. Okay. So we, we certainly want to have an, you know people paying their fair share, but not more than their so fair share. So what you're share. talking about is the difference between commercial and residential, really, is what we're talking about. This is the split that happened this time around, okay. yes, because pretty much all of the residential market was moving upwards trending higher and the commercial markets that we could see based on sales were stable. Okay. So if the, if if that was happening what you what you're talking about so we're going back to my $250,000 house again. So let's say that my house is currently assessed for $250,000 but it's worth 300,000. You're saying that the corresponding commercial building that was worth a million dollars when it was assessed for a million dollars probably still is worth a million dollars right so that business owner might look at the tax rates and say hey this guy is paying taxes on 80 percent of the value of his house but i'm paying taxes on 100 percent of the value of my so that's not fair that's right that's fair. exactly what it looks like it was happening correct and so that's the reason why you, you when you did the reval, you only did residential. Is that that's, right? So when we do a statistical update, we're just looking at the sales that have occurred and adjusting values according to those sales. And, and the trending was that the residential properties were increasing in value significantly faster than the commercial properties. 
Okay, so we, we did the reval. So if that wasn't true, you wouldn't have suggested this. We wouldn't even have done it. There would be no reason, based on my simple math Correct. example, just I would say it doesn't matter. Correct. When we did our revaluation in 2016, we had very little change to either the residential or the commercial properties. There was only a very small difference. So because the residentials got revalued and the commercial didn't, could somebody claim that now when the, other, the reverse is true, that we're now subsidizing the commercial because our taxes potentially may go up and theirs may not? Well... No, because now everybody is equally assessed to the to market value, so everyone's paying their fair share. What was happening was, as you had said, the commercial properties being valued at 100% and the residential properties being valued at 80%, the commercial properties were actually carrying more of the burden for the taxes. So now everyone's considered to be more on a level playing field for taxes. Okay, that's that makes a lot of sense. So when is our next... Uh, and I know the answer because I watched the selectors meeting the other night because you brought it up. When is our next revaluation going to be? It will be 2021. Um, again, we do look at sales every year, and if we find that there is any segment or any portion of a segment that needs to be adjusted based on the sales that we see, then we do have the option to do a statistical update to keep everybody aligned. So. As a result of your last, I'm looking at your notes that you provided for the Board of Selectmen. Okay. So the new valuation is about $1.6 billion, it looks like. Yes. And that's Just. about a 15% increase or a 16% increase. Yep. But I think you also said in your FAQ on the website that residential went up 20%. What's the, what's the difference between the 156 the uh, the net valuation increased 15.6 percent, but you said residential went up 20. Right. Is that what you were trying to fix? Is that is that the difference? So so the overall value went up 15.6 percent because commercial property values didn't change and okay. those are factored into the overall value. So they came down from the 20 percent that the residential did go up. Right. So if a portion goes up a large a large amount, but the whole but you have to look at the whole, then that the remainder values are going to bring that proportional increase down so okay all right that, I think that makes sense to me um, so so what's so what's gonna happen next so now we have the, the new revaluation I know now this is out of your your domain but right. so we've got the new valuation we have the two budgets that the town and the school passed in March we have other revenues motor vehicle registrations, dog fees, state aid, all so those, and I'm just thinking out loud, so those are the factors that go into the tax rate. Right. So you bundle that up and you ship that up to Concord? So my portion is simply the valuation of property, but all of that information does get sent to Concord where they will analyze what the um, income has been, what remaining revenues are needed, and produce a tax rate based on that. And when do you expect the tax rate to so be set? Every year we get the tax rate sometime around mid-October, a week or two before the tax bills go out. So, so that's actually a key answer to people's concern is that all of our valuations went up last month, but the tax rate potentially is going to come down before the next tax bills go out. That's the expectation. So the next tax yes. bill goes December 1st, I believe, right? Yeah. They're due December 1st. They come out at the end of October, right? Oh, they're due. De okay, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> they're due December 1st. Uh, okay. All right, so I think I 
did we cover I think we covered everything as far as the revals and, and how all that works, right? I think so. Yeah, I think that uh, that is pretty much the bulk of the questions that I have heard from people as they've come in and spoken with me or called. So there's nothing unusual happening. This is just trying to, to, um, to fix situations. And I suppose it's important to say, too, and I think you alluded to this earlier, the inverse could be true. I mean, the, the real estate market could have gone bust, and then we're, we're all paying 110% or 120% of the value of our house on taxes. Right. And then people would love to see their values come down. <laughs> but again, the inverse would happen. The tax rate would probably go up. Right, which is what happened in 2011, that uh, all our values went down. People were expecting a nice break in taxes. But of course, the tax rate went up, and they saw that they were paying the same amount of taxes. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So since I had you here, I just wanted there's just a few other things that are part of your job that I think would be good to talk about just so the people are, are informed about, about your role. What is current use? Current use was um, created statutorily for land that is left in a natural state, and it is given a value in use as just simply open land. It's an encouragement to people who own large tracts of land to keep their land open and in a natural state so that people can just enjoy the sense of New England that we have. So is it taxed at a lower rate? It's taxed at a much lower rate, yes. The, The requirements for current use are 10 acres or more left in a natural state or being farmed. So it can be, there are several categories. There's farmland, there's forest land, and then there is, um, it's just wetlands, basically. So unproductive, I'm sorry, I just drew a blank there. So unproductive land, which includes wetlands. Okay. So you said it's taxed at a different, is it literally a different rate or is the value, what is the? Yes, yes. We all have the same tax rate. There's only one tax rate in the town. That's what I thought. I'm sorry. So it is just um, valued much lower. Okay. So if, if I own um, 50 acres of land and I live on one acre, I'm going to get taxed at $30 a thousand on the one acre of land and the structures, and the rest is probably going to be valued at uh, yeah, very low, very low value. So it, You'll it, still be taxed at the $30, but your, ta- your the, value will be much lower. Right, exactly. Whereas, you know, if... if if I have one acre and, it, and the whole thing's valued at three hundred thousand dollars, and my neighbor has, you know, fifty-one acres, his might be valued at, you know, three hundred one thousand or something. Very low because that's the idea. That is and the it, idea. Them. So okay, so somebody has all this land in current use, and they're going to take it out because they want to sell it to a developer to build the land. What's uh, what's the penalty if they do that? There's no penalty on sale. As long as the land still qualifies okay. for current use, it stays in current if use. They take it out. So if they take the fifty. Once the de- he can't just take it out. So once the developer begins to develop the land, as it's developed, it no longer qualifies, and then it's removed from current use. Okay. So you don't have the option to just take it out if you want to. It can oh. only be removed if there's a change that disqualifies it. Oh, okay. I see. So then, then did did you say what the so what's the penalty? So the it, penalty is out? is ten percent of market value. Okay. So, so if I take out three acres to build a house, those three acres would be would have a land use change tax of ten percent, over and above any taxes that you would pay normally for property tax. Okay, I got it. Exemptions and credits. 
So what are the, I mean, you don't have to get into the specifics of, of what all the, the values are, but w what are the exemptions and credits that we do offer people? Yeah, and thanks for asking this question because this is of concern to a lot of people. So we do have um, several statutorily required exemptions and credits, and then oftentimes there can be um, the choice of the town for an amount between ranges that are determined statutorily. So we do have the elderly exemption, which helps uh, for folks on that are 65 or older and on fixed incomes to, um, to, to help them with their taxes so that they're not taxed out of their homes. Uh, we also have improvements to assist disabled persons so that improvements that they make to their home, which are to, because of a disability, won't increase the taxes for that home. A really good example of that is, say, a handicap ramp. It wouldn't be taxed as a deck. Uh, it would simply be recognized as an improvement to help someone access their home. Okay, so both of these were exemptions. So an exemption as opposed to a credit, an exemption is a value that comes off the value of the house. Correct. So again, my $335 or $300,000 house, and for whatever reason I get a $10,000 exemption, then the house is only taxed at $290,000. Right, so the exemption is applied against the assessment and a credit is applied directly against the taxes. Right, so if I owe $6,000 and I got a $100 tax, it, it yeah. comes off the tax credit. Right, so the other one, just for a little, little concrete example, so for the elderly exemption, you said you have to be 65 and there has to be, there's income limits. So I, I think you've got here uh, $46,000 for married applicants. And thirty-eight six for, for an individual. So, yeah. The example there would be is so if there's an elderly couple and they are over 65 and they and their combined income is less than $46,000 and there's an asset limit of 85000 so if their total assets is less than that. I'm guessing not including the primary resident? Not including the primary resident, okay. so everything else. but Then they'll get some, some um, exemption off their... They would qualify for, depending on their age bracket, a certain amount um, off of their assessment and then the remainder would be taxed. Okay, great. So you mentioned the disabled and then what other exemption? We have solar, is that right? We do have a solar exemption for folks who are putting solar panels on their home. Um, we are trying to gauge the valuation increase impact and adjusting uh, back to a net zero basically. So we're assuming at this point in time because we don't have sales so we're using anecdotal data but we're assuming that the value added is ten thousand dollars for solar panels and the exemption would be the same amount the ten thousand oh. dollars so that it's a net zero for the um, the for improvement going forward forever it stays with the property yes oh. okay so those are the exemptions uh, credits we have a veterans credit the veterans credit is um, it's a $300 credit right now and um, it's for basically now it's for anyone who's a veteran who has been honorably discharged and can um, provide their DD 214 to support that. So this is a credit which would come off the bottom line of the tax bill. Right. All right great are there any other you know significant credits that that are worthy of mentioning? Well we did not discuss the elderly and disabled Exemption. Oh, okay. I do have this right now. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Right. So it's different than the elderly. It is, um, and there are certain qualifications for that based on um, Social Security entitlements. And again, uh, have to be 65 years or older. That one is a little bit more tricky because it's a deferral. 
So it'll go against the equity of your home, and those taxes would be deferred at a 5% interest. So it, it's something that people would probably want to consider more on a short-term basis than I, I was going to say, I was trying to think of what's really the point of that short-term disability, I would think, would be. Right. Some. Oftentimes, if it's something um, either catastrophic or something sudden that has happened, and you're in a position where you're trying to reevaluate what your living situation should be, it might be something that might be helpful to get you through those decisions. All right, great. And the last, the last card I have here is a, abatements. So what's a tax abatement? How does it differ from everything else we just talked about? So the abatement actually looks back one year. So if you feel that your taxes after the final um, tax bill, if you feel that your assessment is incorrect or there's information that we don't have uh, for changes to your property, then you have the opportunity to fill out an abatement. That time frame is from the final tax bill through March 1st each year. And um, then we look at your special circumstances based on that filing. If there are changes to your property or is there is reasonable proof that your valuation is high, then we would adjust that and abate any overage in taxes that had been paid. And I'll actually give a good anecdotal um not anecdotal, it's a real example, because I had an abatement many years ago. I was having something built in my, I think I was having a porch built on the house. So the building inspector came out to inspect the porch and, and also noticed that there was a, a window on the third floor. I did have a window put in my attic, and he made the assumption that the um, attic was now finished because mm. there was because there was a window up there and there never was before. In fact, it was, it was an unfinished attic with a window <laughs> for ventilation purposes. Uh, so my tax my taxes went up because of that, because they said I had a third floor. But I came back, and I, it was before your time, and I applied for an abatement, and it was approved, and I got it, got it fixed. That's a good example, yeah. Um, I, this, again, this one I don't think has anything to do, but the, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe the selectmen are allowed to abate for any reason. Correct. Right? So if, if somebody, whether it be hardship or... You know, someone's want to strike a deal with selling a property or something, and, and they can ask to have their past taxes abated. Right. It typically is for one year, but if there is good reason to go back more than one year, then that is at at the um, choice of the selectman. Because right, I to believe do that. when the the old Permatach building, which is 127 Elm, when that was sold, I think there was past taxes due, like two mm -hmm. or three years, and they abated that right. as part of the sale. Right. All right, great. So that's all ahead. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about, Marty, that, that I didn't cover uh, that you think would be worth speaking about? Well, I think you pretty much covered what we do um, in the department. We will be um, submitting warrant articles to the Board of Selectmen to review the elderly exemption criteria, simply because what we want to see is parity so that if the property values went up, then we want to see that the elderly are not suddenly having to pay more taxes where they couldn't afford the taxes in the first place. And we're also considering increasing the veterans tax credit, which hasn't been increased since 2006. So those will be warrant articles this year. Oh, that's good. $300 struck me as kind of, it was $300, right? Uh, it's currently $300. Seems low. I'm looking for for a slight increase, mm -hmm. at least. Um, 
and as you know, when warrant articles are up for deliberative session, there can be changes suggested at that point in time. All right, great. Well, thanks again, Marty. I appreciate All right. it. All right. Thanks, Tim. You're welcome. I also want to thank Chris Gentry, our GTM media manager. Chris has been our director and audio engineer for today's episode. Our theme music today was written and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. You can subscribe to this podcast by going to soundcloud.com slash granitetownmedia. As always, we welcome any and all feedback or suggestions that you may have for future episodes. We invite you to go to Granitetown Media's Facebook page or leave a comment at the podcast page on soundcloud.com. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you join us again for future episodes of Inside Milford. <laughs>